You know, I'm gonna give you a history lesson. We got some dumbass motherfuckers floating around this country. <laughs> start laughing! And when I do, start fucking. Also, y'all did some nasty ass jokes on my ass, too. Funny jokes and unfunny jokes come out of the same birth. You fucking guys are unbelievable. Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today, I'm pleased to introduce to you the history of Baba Booey, Gary Delabate on the Howard Stern Show, um, which this is a, a first on Why You Laughing in the sense that Gary Delabate is not a comedian in any way. He's probably the first guy we've covered that wasn't pursuing comedy, per se, but... He is a massive figure in the world of comedy, if you think about uh, just his name alone. <laughs> the name Baba Booey is uh, probably the biggest nickname ever created. I'm trying to think of one that rivals it. Uh, I'm sure, you know, guys, comment away. Make sure you leave a comment and let me know. I'm sure I'm missing plenty. But at least as far as, like, radio history goes, um, we did this on uh, Patreon and for YouTube members a while back. You can go check out, uh, we listened to a segment, we'll play a little snippet of it, but we broke down the whole segment, the origin of the name Baba Booey, and the idea that that stuck around, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but just that alone sticking around is a, an accomplishment, an achievement in radio, the likes of which I don't think has been duplicated. So we'll get into that. Uh, Gary Delabate, definitely an interesting character. And, um, you know, I said this when we did the Artie Lang episode where like, you know, there's, I'm certainly not going to, you guys can comment all the stuff I've missed. Cause I'm sure there will be a ton. Like there's no way I'm going to cover all of it, but there's probably a lot more, uh, Baba Booey to cover from Stern because this is his 40th year on the show. That's, that's insane. Um, it's it's wild that uh, Fred and Robin and Gary have been with Howard as long as they have. So we will cover that today. But first, I want to remind you guys, you can become a uh, member that, like I just mentioned, on YouTube or Patreon. Easiest way to find those links is blindmike.net. If you're watching right now on YouTube, uh, you can join and become a member and you get early access to episodes as well as bonus content. Uh, same on Patreon. You actually get a little more on Patreon if you want to subscribe there. So uh, consider that or support the show for free. All of the free links are at blindmike.net as well. Every podcast platform you can dream of, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and all the rest, um, all the links are at blindmike.net. We have merch up there. We have the links for the Blind Mike Project, which we do every Sunday morning. Uh, who are these socials, which I do with the great Carl Hamburger, Thursdays at 6. So check those out. Blindmike.net is where you get all of the links for that. Support the show. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going back 40 years, which, you know, like, Gary Talabate is not an old man. Like, he's certainly an older gentleman, but, like, he's not ancient, <laughs> which is right. wild that he's been around this long. Um, but we are starting 40 years ago. If my research is correct, this is 1984, when Boy Gary, we're not talking about Baba Booey yet. He was known as Boy Gary on the Howard Stern Show in the WNEW days. And you're about to, I'll just uh, preface this uh, for those of you that aren't Stern historians. This is, in fact, Howard Stern. It's not a Kermit the Frog or Ray Romano impressionist. It's, <laughs> it's the great Howard Stern, the king of all media that you're about to hear uh, back in the WNBC. Did I say WNBC? I meant WNBC. Yeah. 
um, the uh, NBC days is what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Yeah, I had to listen to this whole clip through. I'm like, when does he break this voice? No, this is, this is his, which I've always wondered, like, if I met Howard Stern, because they talk about the, the, the bass or the modulation, whatever they add to his voice yeah. to make it more deep and professional the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, if, so if I just met Howard Stern, would he sound like this now? I think so. I think you have to probably go off whatever he sounds like on late night shows. It's probably closer. Yeah, but he, he doesn't sound like that. Like when he's on Letterman now and stuff, he, or not now, but you know, in the mid 2000s, mm-hmm. he didn't sound like this. This is crazy. But let's hear it. Boy, Gary. Oh. Boy, Lee's replacement. Boy, G. Already he's doing a better job than Lee did. Already gave him, I already gave him several <laughs> difficult tasks, and he's handled all of them quite uh, quite well. Is that right? Well, that's good to hear. I'm very impressed with this new boy. I hope you continue like, to regret. fake voice. This is someone doing a bad Howard Stern impression. Right. I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was like a fake thing, and then you hear Rob, or like someone mess with the audio, but you hear Robin, and she sounds the same. Robin sounds, I don't know about that. I haven't listened to Stern lately, but Robin has always sounded pretty much the same. Baba Booey sounds a little different here, uh, but Stern, it's it's a stark difference, but I apologize. Let's yeah. continue. He's 62 now, by the way, so he's 21, 22 in this video. That, yeah, Stern. that's what I mean. He, he was a kid when he started here, so right out of college. The law on them quite uh, quite well. Is that right? Well, that's good to hear. I'm very impressed with this new boy. I hope you continue to progress in this manner. Yeah. And uh, we'll be finding out more about Boy Gary as the days goes on. Good, because I don't know anything about him. <laughs> well, I really don't either. I just kind of hired him on a lark. Everyone told me he was a decent human being. Yeah? So I hired him. <laughs> Looks kind of swarthy. Yeah. he does. What ethic, uh, what is he, anyway? You're not a Jew, are you? <laughs> Italian? Italian. <laughs> you hired an Italian? I like Italians. <laughs> Italians. I, the last kid I hired was a Jew, and uh, they're not too good at serving. No. They all want to be, uh, you know, top banana, if you will. Yeah, they want to be president of the company. Yeah, right. Like, Boyley actually had a, a desire to be, like, the head of the programming department. Yeah. The Italians, they work with their hands. <laughs> they work hard. They uh, keep their nose to the grindstone. I like his attitude. He's yeah. not pushy. And, uh, you know, I like him. And I don't think he has any uh, relations to organized crime. <laughs> Do you? Not at all. Not at all. Oh, now we hear him. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, you know, the Italians uh, built this country with their hands. That's right. They're always saying that. Yeah. They're, they're proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm proud of it, too. Which parts did they build? The ones that are falling down or the ones that are standing up? What did your people build, uh, Gary? <laughs> Do you know? Seriously. The Empire State Building. Yeah. My grandfather worked on that. His grandfather worked on the Empire wow. State Building. Hey, kudos. What's your last name, Gary? Delabate. Delabate. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I just want to leave that part in because we've changed the pronunciation over the years. But <laughs> that's the first time you hear Gary on air there. And uh, Howard Stern's referencing someone named Boy Lee that Gary's replacing. Um, maybe better stern historians than i would know who that is but i've never really heard that name before so it's interesting you hear howard talk about this guy who was trying to climb up the ladder and that is no longer and this is you know howard stern was big at this time but it was just another radio show in new york city you know in 1984 Mm -hmm. howard stern wasn't a legend but 
it's interesting because you're hearing him say like, uh, this guy wants to be the head of the company. Gary ended up making millions and millions of dollars off the Howard Stern show. Um, so it is kind of cool. Like all Gary did, they even in this segment, if you go and, uh, want to listen to the whole thing, they'll talk of, you'll hear them talk about Gary, um, the, the college that he went to, they're kind of just bashing it saying it was like a shitty college. Like, so he just went to a, you know, a whatever school, I think he said it was his ninth choice. So some safety school that he went to and, uh, you know, wanted to get a, a gig in radio, became an intern essentially and worked his way up. And he's, got to be the biggest producer in radio history i don't know who would rival him yeah that's that's an easy one i can't get over the della bait that doesn't even yeah. it sounds right that doesn't yeah. sound right at all della, della Bati does feel like the italian pronunciation though yeah well, if you look at corleone or corleone there's multiple ways to do it like in the Godfather, sure. they go back sure. and forth you know what i mean it's probably the same yeah but uh he is a hard worker he okay. certainly is let's hear about that but he's impressed me with some of his uh, abilities what did I do? I had him send over some tapes to my agent. Uh-huh. He handled that quicker than I've ever seen anybody handle it. Really? Because I was going to get annoyed with him already. I was going to start yelling at him already. <laughs> I hardly know him. I said, uh, you get those tapes over there? And he says, yes. It must have been about 10 minutes he handled the whole thing. Oh, we're not used to that. We, used to have, we usually have to ask for things about 20, 30 times yeah. before they get done. This guy, boy, I don't know whether he's just an eager beaver or what. Is this just like your first week? Is this the honeymoon? Yeah, are you just trying to impress me or something? Because... Uh, Actually, I'm going to put him on probation. That's the way they do it around here. Give him 90 days probation. Yeah. That'll keep him on his toes. Because I know the second I take him off probation, he's going to... Uh... All the work will disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you hear that? Like Gary's reputation is pretty much that he's lazy and doesn't do any work. That's what people like Jackie Martling and the Stuttering Johns of the world will tell you. But it's clear that he was a hard worker, and they they do make jokes even in this early segment about like, is he just trying to impress Howard to get in good and then you know take his uh, his foot off the gas? But radio, I think, inherently attracts people that just want to be on air and uh, fail at it. So they become salespeople or producers right. or whatever they can to kind of stay in the door and continue trying to get on air. doesn't seem like that was ever Gary's drive. Like, I think he wanted to be a producer and worked at that. And for Howard to keep him around for 40 years, like for all the goofing and calling him a lazy piece of shit that they did in, the, in those decades, Obviously, Gary had some drive and some knowledge of what Howard wanted done and how he wanted it done. Now, we'll get to um, maybe the end of that reign of being Howard's most trusted guy uh, later in the program. But there was definitely a time where he worked hard enough to uh, prove himself to Howard because his rise was uh, fairly rapid, I guess, if you consider how he started there. Yeah, I've been I've been when you said it's probably the most famous nickname ever. I've been thinking the entire time since you said that. I can't think of anything remotely close, really. Yeah. Well, we'll get. We'll we'll, we'll explain why how I mean that because like the Rock is a nickname and he's a more famous guy. But, yeah, but like uh, we'll uh, show you exactly what I mean by it. people are calling uh, radio stations and yelling the Rock and hanging up. I was going to say it's not the Rock's not being screamed in people's backswings at like PGA events. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But uh, here's a little clip from uh, the origin of the nickname. Yeah, so we did a deeper dive on this segment on um, for members on Patreon and YouTube if you want to go check that out. But uh, this is a little a little taste. The, the first time the words Baba Booey were uttered on air. 
You ready? Hmm. Quick draw McGraw and Bubba Boy. I'm thinking about getting mm-hmm. Good, good. What, 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 how do you make the final determination? Uh, just have to see, you know, how much money Instinct. is coming in. Okay, so right there, much- he, sa- he does say it. And Howard doesn't even really acknowledge it. And what they're talking about is Gary, like, collects cells. They call them basically art of cartoons. Like, so a Bugs Bunny uh, cell he would buy and, and think that the, the value raised. So it's an odd hobby that he has that they're goofing on. And that's what this segment is basically. And he even slips in Baba Booey and Howard doesn't really hear it. So it right there, if he corrected himself, we, this episode wouldn't be happening. Like right. so much, so much about the Howard Stern show would be different if he just corrected uh, his mistake there. Uh, what, what, how do you make the final determination? Uh, just have to see, you know, how much money is coming in. <laughs> how much does a Bubba Louie go for? Those are a little bit cheaper. Uh, quick draw on a Bubba Bowie are about three twenty-five. What do you call him? Bubba Bubba Bowie. No. I thought it was. I thought it was Bubba Louie. Bubba Louie, isn't it? Bubba Louie. Oh, whatever. You, call Bubba, you gonna hang a picture of a guy you don't even know his name? <laughs> <laughs> it's one thing not to know a Picasso. Bubba Bowie, he's saying. The Moma Mama. <laughs> the Moma Lisa. Bubba Bowie. Well, that's what Quick Draw used to sometimes call my oh, boy. Maybe I wasn't listening right. Oh, it was 20 Bubba years Bowie ago. Bubba Bowie is what he used to call Bubba Louie. Bubba Louie. <sighs> it would be like if I did an episode of this podcast and referred to the greatest stand up ever, George Carlton. Like, I just fucking. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, I, so I've heard Gary explain this over the years. And he tells a story that I have always found pretty interesting that um, he went back and found what why he called it that. Cause you even hear Howard correct him, like kind of give him the out and go, how much does a Baba Louie cost? Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 Baba Bowie. <laughs> Clearly he just misspoke. <laughs> well, so what happened was, I guess in that show, the cartoon that he's referencing, another nickname for that character was Baba boy. Right. And Gary always thought they were saying Baba Bowie for some reason. <laughs> and so not long after this, Gary found that out and told Howard, Hey, I figured out what happened. And he explained the story that I just laid out. And Howard goes, don't you ever fucking say that on air? Because it kills, but it kills the name. It, this was like fairly early on in that whole thing. And he's like, this is a great bit we have going. Don't ruin it, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much money and you so can make off that? that <laughs> that's something I think that the people that stick around on Stern are very good at is knowing um, when when to go along with a bit, how to act, maybe annoyed at it because uh, you do. Uh, E-Rock was great. Uh, the, the equivalent of this, I think on the Opie and Anthony show where, um, you know, G- Gary would certainly get annoyed and get angry and be sensitive at times, whatever. But he also knew how to go along with things like react in a way that at least made for conversation. You know, yeah. the one, the one thing that would have been deadly on the Howard Stern show. And I think this is true of like, KMS, uh, things like that, where it's like the the one fatal thing you can do is just not participate. Like if Gary shut down and was like, "I'm not going to be part of this," he went. You got you got to go along with it in some form or fashion, even if you're not great at handling it. You know, correct, exactly. But uh, that name took everyone by storm, and we have a, a little montage here. Yeah. So these are these are a few examples of how big this name got. Um, it, it's just a pop culture reference that everyone knows now. 
There's no question that Jones Beach has become a little rough around the edges in recent years, but there the will guy be in the new background. Fields, <laughs> a new restaurant, a new attitude, and an old style that Long Islanders. Well, you don't see in game four of a homestand the, the home team struggling the way that the Senators are right now. It's it's really disconcerting in the fact that that one of the things that one of the things that uh, what's this guy doing behind me? These beautiful centuries-old buildings are by definition fire traps. <laughs> Factor, and that is record breaking. Yes, it is. The apartment owner tells me the man who Howard Stern's penis. Howard Stern's penis. Bobby, Bobby. Can you keep your space, please? Bobby, Bobby. Howard Stern's penis. Bobby. And then. <laughs> just animals. <laughs> so that became that became like the thing to do is anytime you saw a newscaster just run up and say Baba Booey. It's the thing you say like when you just want to yell something and have nothing mm-hmm. to yell. Like Craig said in the back swings of at the PGA tour and stuff like that. You'll hear uh Baba Booey. And like for a little while in, in late stern lore, they try like hit him with the hind caught on a little bit. Um, and even like, you'll still hear, p- hear people yell like Vila stool for bar stool and stuff like that. Yeah. Or, but, uh, or, if, uh, yeah, we're 10 minutes in fuck him right in the pussy. That was a big one for a bit. That was a big one for a while. Nothing. I'm surprised that didn't have the mainstream catch that Baba <laughs> Bowie did, but n- nothing caught the way Baba Bowie did. I guess cause it's so silly and ridiculous and it doesn't mean anything. Right. It doesn't rep. I mean, I guess it represents the Howard Stern show, but it's just noise that you're making, you know? <laughs> But uh, the most famous example ever, we played on the Howard Stern versus O.J. Simpson episode, uh, where, of course, a man, I believe O.J.'s neighbor, if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) uh, called Peter Jennings and, uh, you know, gave gave him the lowdown on the the chase, the white Ford Bronco chase that was happening and ended with an ababooey to y'all. So (laughs) that has to be the most famous prank call ever. But he's been uh, had. Baba Booey was like the punchline for prank calls and uh, all sorts of pranks like that for many years. And I guess still to this day, like it popped up in, you know, Family Guy and 30 Rock and Saturday Night Live. And there's there's a bunch of shows that are like that's a, it's got to be one of the most popular. I have nothing to say, but I want to yell something references of all time, <laughs> which is un- it's it's unbelievable. And it really is. It's crazy that it lasted as long as it did. Like, if that lasted, if people were yelling Baba Booey for they a year. S- they still are. <laughs> yeah. If people were yelling Baba Booey for a year, that would be an impressive. People, holy shit, that bit really took on. You know? And it, it lasted for virtually 30 years. I would say the, the craze has died down a little bit. But, well, it's, but, it's, 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 but people still know what that means. And it's all because a guy mispronounced something. And that's why like, I love, I always dreamed of being on a show like Kirk's because it's something like that that can catch on. Where it's like, right. you, you, a guy misspoke and it's been a reference for three decades. It's wild. <laughs> yeah, and like now it's happen- it happens so much. Like if you turn on any uh, golf tournament, you will hear it at least once, and it's happened so much they won't even talk about it. <laughs> They'll just be like, yeah, whatever. It's another one. Yes. Um, next, we got Gary's heartbreak. This, so this is another very famous bit. I think uh, Stern Stern fans will automatically, if they see the title, will know that we're playing this one. This is pro- probably the most embarrassing thing Gary had to deal with. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and credit to him for bringing in the tape. So, uh, well, well, well the, this call sets it up nicely, I think. Howard, listen, uh, years ago, uh, you made a, Gary had broken up with a girlfriend. This is, this is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in your show. He had broken up with a girlfriend who had dumped him yeah. or a doctor or a guy who was going to become a doctor. That's right. right. And you totally berated him on the air. And I think that you actually made him cry. I did. One of the funniest, <laughs> one of one of the funniest lines in that show, I think, uh, was by Jackie. He said, that, "What does MD does not stand for?" And uh, the answer was Mrs. Delbate. And that's when Gary ran out of the room. Gary ran out of the room and cried. And it was like really upsetting to me. I was like, "What a baby!" <laughs> I mean, he's like he's crying over some girl. Oh, you like you never did. Not on the radio. You ain't gonna catch me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're just busting his balls and made him. Now Gary says he didn't actually cry. What Howard's referencing is that, like, in the bathroom later, he saw Gary, and Gary was very emotional, and he was like, "Are you crying?" Gary was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, so his, his balls are getting busted for this relationship. Now Howard also says, like, Gary was cheating on this girl. It was, but I think that just happens in general. Where even if you're the asshole in the relationship, if you're not the one doing the dumping, you're like, "Oh fuck, I fucked everything up," and so that's how Gary was feeling in this moment. Um, now we have another call that I. This isn't always my question with the Howard Stern show, and I'd be curious to know what you guys think in the comments. Is it real? Uh, <laughs> s- smash that comments section. Yeah, is it real? And I guess I'll let you guys be the judge, and we'll discuss it further. Hey, Doc. Doctor? Oops. Doctor, you there? I'm here, Doc. Hi. Howard, how are you? Are you really the doctor? Okay, can I say right there, by the way, the fact that he said, I'm here, Doc. Like, if you, if I was on the phone with you and you were like, Mike, are you there? I wouldn't be like, I'm here, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so, already, I'm, I'm a little suspicious of the authenticity of this, but n- nevertheless. Yeah, I'll rewind this, but I'm going to hear it again. Good. Thank doctor? You. Oops. Doctor, you there? I'm here, Doc. Hi. Howard, how are you? Are you really the doctor that stole Gary's girlfriend? I truly am. I have to tell you that uh, I've been waiting a long time to talk about this with you. That's the great. I have uh, been an active listener of yours for many, many years. Did you steal her away because she was Gary's girlfriend or because you really liked her? I, I was in love with her. I still am, actually. Right. But I have to tell you, there's some inconsistencies in this story that Gary tells. Really? Sure. What are the inconsistencies? Well, first of all, Gary made a videotape of Nancy to give to Nancy when he when he supposedly broke up with her. And uh, he never mentions that to anybody. Oh, really? What are you talking Like a love tape? Yeah. Like how much he loves her, how much he misses her. A videotape? Oh, sure. No. Gary, is that true? Oh, you. Oh, he's, this really is the guy. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. You really were a mental patient. What is that about? I'm really not a doctor, to be honest with you. What are you? I used to work in a psychiatric unit. Oh, really? Is that a doctor? He cleans up the duty after the retards throw it at the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. I always wonder with stuff with Howard Stern. It's like the guy didn't call then and he was a fan of the show, but he's calling now. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about it because of what Stern's become. But there have been a lot of things over the years where it, the reason I question it mainly, because all that is is a device to play Gary's tape on air eventually. Yeah. And just to add to the story of him keeping it from everybody. Yeah, so it's it's really more of a plot device. But yeah. the reason I think it might frustrate fans going back and listening to that stuff is like, 
what Howard Stern was most known for is everything is real. He's the first, you know, reality show. And he's, he's the guy who lays everything out and doesn't do any of that fake radio stuff that so many other people were doing at that time uh, and tricking the listeners into think they think they were listening to a bit. Whereas I would say like, if that's fake, why is that any different than, you know, war of the roses or any, uh, any of these other, you know, second date update, any of these other bits. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. Again, I don't know. And essentially, it doesn't matter because what we did get is uh, the tape, which was, seems very much real. And uh, so, yeah, Gary made a 12 minute tape professing <laughs> his love to this woman, begging her back, all kinds of stuff. And there was essentially an auction, I guess you could say, or a charity fund where like Howard and everyone in studio uh, donated to get this uh, played on tape. I actually I didn't uh, include the clip. But it is fun for any uh, dabblers out there watching this episode. Uh, Gary does allude to the fact in this um, segment that the only person that didn't pay Gary to get this tape played on air was one stuttering John Melendez. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> He's the only person in the room right now that hasn't paid is uh, stuttering John. And John goes, well, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, there, are, you know, their fans have paid to be in the room to watch this. Sponsors have contributed. Uh, Gary got like thousands of dollars to bring this tape in. So, which is like, you know, good on Howard, I guess, because he could have just been like, I'm your boss, asshole, bring it in. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they got a, they got a uh, charity fund raised for him. So he brought in this uh, humiliating tape. If you want me to leave you alone, I'll leave you alone. I'll never, you know, I'll stop the phone calls. I'll stop sending the cute shit in the mail. The video, you know, this video tape. I'll put it all to an end. But I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy. If you want me gone. Order before midnight. If, 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 if you want me gone. You have to see me face to face, Uh-oh. and you have Uh-oh. to tell me to my face. You have to look me right in the eye. You can't resist me. <laughs> Stab into my teeth. Stab into my teeth. You think my teeth are so big to have their own gravity and they will pull you to me? I say, Gary, it's over. I don't care about you anymore. And if you can do that, and I think you owe that to me, we definitely don't owe me anything. But I think for the time that we spent together, me, um, I think you owe that. You owe that to me. And if you can do that, you'd really make me believe. That it's over. Believe. Oh my God, you're a stalker. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I want to be. Uh, I just want to be part of it again, man. I want you to be. I want you to be part man. of my life again. Man. Man. And, um, <laughs> I love you, man. Come on, man. <laughs> well, it sounds hey, like he's talking to another he's talking guy. To a guy. Yeah, hold on. Hold hey, on. man. Right? Hey, dude. He's about to start crying. Um, if you recite a poem, I'll crap. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I hope I made. I'm trying to figure out if I made some sense. I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, Stop now. Just think yeah. about it, please. <laughs> I'm not begging now. I'm a little big. I'm a little big and tight. If you're not the begging type, imagine if you were. You are weird. I know where the expression comes about crawling in a hole. I really want to crawl in a hole. I don't blame you. There's not enough stuff to cover. It's so weird. No hole's big enough. That's that, that's a tough thing to to have to sit through because you know it, you're humiliated by it. So what does anyone right. else think? You know, <laughs> it's like the uh, Luis J. Gomez uh, poem. Yes, yeah, something like that. But th- this is what I. Th- so there's a lot of stuff that Howard Stern claims he invented that he did not. It's just been proven over the years. Like he takes a lot of credit um, that he doesn't necessarily deserve, but he also did create a lot, so he kind of gets away with that. But the thing I think he was best at 
fostering was the environment of you actually feel like your friends busting balls with these guys. Like that's how you would handle if you found your buddy had this tape that he sent to a girl. Mm -hmm. This is how you would handle it. Everyone would gather around and watch it and just mock the shit out of them. You buy a big screen, you sell tickets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's how, ideally, that's how you'd handle it. Right, exactly. And that, you know, like, sure, there was stuff that Imus was doing that Howard borrowed from, and there was stuff that Steve Allen did that Howard took, and I've heard of, like, radio guys in Detroit that Howard ripped off and all that kind of stuff. But what Howard was great at was you know, creating that environment that it really felt like you were sitting with your friends, busting balls. And that's something that podcasts still do today, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, it can be to the detriment of some people sometimes. Like I've heard um, Shane Gillis talk about this where uh, people come up to him at shows and like, maybe he's taking a picture with a fan or something. And some guy that feels like their buddies walks up to him and is like, Hey, who's this retard? Right. And you're like, dude, what do you, that's a, fan of mine like what the fuck are you doing right so some people do get too comfortable and feel like you know they're actual friends but i think that does that's more positive than negative i think overall because um you know howard's got howard got a lot of people through uh dark times and made people laugh at their at their worst and all that kind of stuff and that's what i think a lot of podcasts do today as well and howard was always very very jealous of that like we talked a lot about that in the howard versus o and a episode Mm -hmm. I'm surprised he didn't embrace it more because it's like, yes, he has all these people that copy him or rip him off or whatever. That's kind of a compliment in a way because most of those people acknowledge it and say like, yeah, absolutely. Howard Stern was an influence, you know, like um, Tarantino acknowledges how many directors he's taken from over the years. It doesn't mean that those guys are somehow lesser. It's just that they were an influence on someone who was great. So I'm surprised Stern didn't embrace that more. But he's a very, uh, you know, vain guy has been talked about over the years. Yeah. Once in a while, too, you'll see like musicians doing an interview and they'll and someone will ask like, oh, how did you uh, come up with this song? And they'll be like, well, I like this song. So I changed it up a smidge. <laughs> and- oh, oh, well, well, sure. There's a lot of that. But even just referring to Howard Stern, I think like Eminem it, it was massively influenced by Howard Stern. Like I like if you just listen to his early stuff mm-hmm. where he's going at you know, pop culture figures that were other, like the darlings of the right, day. Right. Like Eminem, the, the criticism of Eminem is that he goes after easy targets. But if you think about what he was doing at that time is like Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and these people were the darlings of the media. And Eminem was just taking a shit all over that. And that's what Howard, Howard did years before Eminem did it. Like, I think that's definitely an influence. Right. So yeah, I'm surprised Howard didn't embrace that more, but uh, you know, it's his, his own uh, battle to deal with, I suppose. Uh, yeah, next we have uh, some some more raw meat for the dabblers. <laughs> oh, what's that? Uh, the oh, firing. this is uh, he's firing Stuttering John? Yeah. This is a great bit. So this is something Gary was good at, and now it also makes you, the fact that these guys are so good at going along with bits makes you question some of the authenticity of other things. Well, we know someone uh, involved that isn't. yes right yeah one of these men is not a great actor (laughs) um but yeah this is uh gary did a few things like this over the years like he always got goofed on for uh not being funny or whatever but like he could go along with things like this and he, he was generally good at it 
and Howard flipped over it. Yeah, I have a fi- I find I have it on paper. I'm, I'm, I'm firing that guy as soon as, I, as soon as as soon as Christmas that thing happened. I know, I know, <laughs> and I know, I know. I don't know if like Howard's trying to make an example or something, but I think that like that he's just sort of like. He told me he's going to come in and talk to you. But basically, he told right, maybe me maybe not the greatest like, actor ever. <laughs> maybe I overstated that a little. But they're, they're like so. Obviously, he's telling Stuttering John he's fired here and just recording him just to fuck with him. And Gary is like more nervous than John for some reason to pull this bit off. He could and at the beginning. He says he has he has to come out and say because he's like kind of short of breath. He says to John like, "My heart's fucking pounding right now," and they're like. Why are you more nervous than John is? What's going on here? He's playing firing the guy and it's fake. (laughs) He's playing the uh, I'm your friend card, which actually probably works. It is. Yeah. If he's doing that intentionally, it is a good job where he's like, hey, John, we're buddies, but I got to do this. You know? Yeah. He's going to like, he's going to like let you go. Um, Although he said he'd still use you for interviews and stuff from time to time. But I think, I think that I couldn't really say anything because I feel like my ass is on the line. You know, I'm treading on, on, on dangerous water myself. And I couldn't really, you know, couldn't really say anything because, you know, he's treading on dangerous water myself. <laughs> he's not as, he's barely as coherent as I am. I know. It's two incoherent guys with a job. What is Gary talking about? Like, Gary has to fire you, but he's not clear why he's firing you. And you're not clear on what your answer is. I think Howard's going to talk to you and he's going to let you go, but he will use you on uh, interviews occasionally. But see, I knew that was a write-off. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I was just being nice. Yeah. <laughs> He'll never hear from you again. <laughs> Meanwhile, Gary's treading himself. He's treading on thin water. I'm treading, Wolf. I'm skating on I'm thin doing water. The, I'm doing a dog foul. I'm skating on thin water. Somehow that never sounds right when he uses he those words. He never gets them quite right. He's always like, I'm treading on, on dangerous, dangerous water. water. But he's, <laughs> he's always treading. Isn't it treading on, what is it? He's actually, you're skating on thin ice is what he's trying yeah, to say. Yeah, and treading on what? Where there's smoke, there's wall paint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so and he would he would like fuck with Sal over the years and stuff like that. Like Gary, Gary was kind of good at uh, those things as much as he was also good at getting goofed on himself. Um, next, we're going to go into a few uh, of Gary's fights here. Yeah, so this is another thing he had to sustain to to be on the Howard Stern show for forty years. Not so much the last ten, but the first thirty. Yeah, you had to be able to pull this off because. Um, that was an environment. There were so many people on the Stern staff, which like when you go back and think of it, when you look at podcasts now, it's wild that this many people were working on one show, but you had them all there for X amount of hours per day. Mm-hmm. There were naturally, you know, and I'm st- I'm sure in the old days, kind of working on top of each other, probably more so um, than, than once they had a massive studio, but like, people are going to get on each other's nerves and Howard needed people to bring that stuff to air. And Gary was great at that. And he would, he would go back and forth with even the likes of Howard and Robin who had been there forever. Like, um, so let's hear, I think the first one's him and Howard, right? Yep. Yeah. So this is, you know, like the way he would talk to Howard, I give him credit. He had balls, uh, talking to his boss, uh, like this at times. The more I take out of Gary's hands, the more efficiently things run. So, oh, it's true. You're not an office. I didn't say type. anything. Yeah, I don't care. You're not. You're not a good What's worker. Be involved in your personal life. Yeah. Well, no. <laughs> uh, the problem is that anybody else who would employ you would have fired you a long time ago because of your hey, confidence. I told you you should fire me. Yeah. I don't. Well, you know, I feel bad. You feel for bad you. for me. Blah, blah, blah. All right, you're fired. You you're done. Eighteen years. You're done. 
You're fired. You want to be fired? You're fired. You I can walk fired. out anytime. If you're fired. If you, if you, if you, you can go collect unemployment. If I'm so bad, you should get rid of me. Okay. I'm not telling you, you to do it. You're fired. Okay. All right. So you can leave. You Pack tell me to stuff. leave. Leave. No, mean it. Say, turn off the mic. Okay. Don't no, do don't do that stupid don't crap. Don't do that. Leave. Don't do that bad joke. Leave. Let's calm down. I'm not doing a joke. He said turn off the mic. I said let's not do it emotionally. All right. So anyway, listen to me. I'll tell you why. Call me at three o'clock. Shush, Robin. Call me at three o'clock. You know what you're doing? You're doing a blunder. I'll tell you why. I'm because when people push me up against a wall, you're going to make me look bad here I'm, if I don't fire you. I'm and not, I will fire you just to look good in front of my I'm audience. I'm not telling so you. So shush. I'm not shush. Zip it. No. Shh. No. Be quiet. No. Because I'm close to firing you. <laughs> Howard was basically like, right, you called my bluff. I'm not actually going to fire you, but don't make me now. I'm not going to look like a pussy. <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if I have to, I guess I will. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> He knew um, he knew he wasn't gonna. So it was just a power move. Yeah, it's interesting when you hear guys now, like kind of the bitter extern employees, like Jackie and John and all these guys. And I was gonna do a Jackie Marling episode, but I thought the documentary, his documentary, just came out. Yeah. So I didn't want to just like do the same. So maybe we'll wait to do that. Um, but you know, bitter people that uh, are no longer associated with the show will <clears throat> excuse me criticize Gary for like kissing Howard's ass and everything. But I don't think he did as much as a lot of other people. Like was stuttering John constantly battling with Howard. If you look at um, Howard berating John, John didn't push back nearly as much as Gary did in, in their fights. So I do give Gary credit for, and maybe he, maybe he knew his value or something. I was going to say like that's, he, that's he the difference back on Howard. That's the difference between someone being secure in their job. And someone who's not. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, I mean I'm, a, I'm a good example of that where I yelled at Portnoy, fire me, you pussy. And then when he was like, do you want me to actually fire you? I was like, no, I'd rather stay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, it's, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing when you're in that position. I understand. But yeah, I think Gary was Gary was about as good as you could be at pushing back and maintaining a relationship with the guy for 40 years. Yeah, next, we have him uh, going back and forth with Robin. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so him and him and uh, Robin go at it here, which I feel like there was a lot of Robin was kind of treated. Are you here there even in the clip we just played where Robin's role was kind of like the mother of the show. She yeah. was there. She invented the role of the whole, and she was good at it. But so many people <laughs> copied it over the years. I know, but she she was like. Um, the reason there are so many women on radio that are put there to just be like, now guys, that's knock it off. Don't say that's over the line. The reason that exists is because Robin was there with Howard to do it almost sarcastically. Like, oh, Howard, come mm. on. Right. But Howard didn't pay any attention to it. <laughs> right. So how? So Robin's role was kind of like the mother on the show. So at times she didn't even really get as much shit as she probably should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every once in a while, I think people would snap on her. <laughs> Gary will barge in here and, and stop everyone from talking. Oh, it's a ama- It's hard to get a word in with Gary. Yeah. yeah. And you're pretty good. You at- know what? Robin, I got to say one thing. As big a mouth as I am, you are barrel in there as well. Oh, please. I have to to get through you. Robin, I, you know what? I was just talking the other day. How are I in the middle of a conversation about work? And you come and jam a magazine right in front of his face and interrupt what we're talking about. Because you won't stop. And I have work to do. 
No, no, I'm doing work and you're sticking magazines in his face. Oh, what does he do with those magazines? It never comes up on the air, you dope. No, it's fine. Just wait your turn. Quiet. Wait your turn. There's never a turn with you. <laughs> Gary, there is never a turn with you. <laughs> he doesn't even realize what he's like. I know. I, I, he's... No, it's not true. I realize I talk a lot, but also even some of the other guys have been in there when I've been like pitching stuff to Howard. And you just, like, barrel on through. Gary, I don't even come in there most of the time. I come in once or twice. I have no, to get it do, done. Pretty, uh, oh, be quiet. Just be quiet, because you're stupid. You're being stupid. Go back with that guy who doesn't know you, who you are. You, you're with, being go, stupid. Go, go you don't know, know you. At least I know me. You don't know you. She is, like, the second. So, I mean, like, she can barrel if she wants. <laughs> well, that that's what... And I think that probably bothered a lot of people, because I think Robin's role was necessary, I guess. Like, I, we'll, we'll do a Robin episode eventually, too. I think that could be a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's a lot of pros to what she did. But I can imagine listening to her and being like, just shut the fuck Like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> she didn't seem yeah. like... She wasn't a ball buster in the way Artie was or Jackie or Fred or these guys who are funny. And she wasn't as funny as them. So I imagine it got in the way a lot. I hate to say similar to like Opie. I was Opie just going to say that. <laughs> I, I didn't even realize when I started the sentence, I didn't realize what I was saying, but, <laughs> but, but I do think there, there was um, value in what she did as well, which is obviously why Howard kept there for so long. Um, but I think that probably frustrated people where in Howard's mind, she was kind of untouchable. Like Howard would usually defend her. And so I think people would get to a boiling point and just be like, shut the fuck up, Robin. <laughs> Please go away. <laughs> um, and the last fight we have here is uh, him and Artie. Yeah, this one, this one gets brutal. Artie would get nasty. Mm-hmm. And I suspect some of that was maybe either withdrawal related or drug related. I was going to say drug fueled, perhaps. But Artie, Artie <laughs> could get fucking nasty. So this was a great one between him and Artie. Yeah, everyone's everyone's not. I guess your credibility is. I saw Gary down. wants me to be completely honest about everything from now on. Okay, mm-hmm. tell Gary's going to get brutal honesty from me. Really? <laughs> okay. Oh. What does that mean? No, Gary. I heard Gary say. I mean, you know, I'm really pissed off at Gary. He, he says he says a blanket statement. He believes that cunt reporter when she goes. Oh, Artie said he'd just lie to you if I didn't jog with him. You think, Gary, you think I give a fuck if your monkey ass knows if I jogged with the fucking reporter? No matter that, Artie. No, no, no. Gary Gary makes blanket statements like, he lies about everything. (laughs) He thinks he's so funny on that rapper. You're not funny. You're not funny. Congratulations. You're you're very funny. Yeah, I know I am. That's why I'm here. God knows why you're here, you fucking asswipe. Wow! <laughs> yeah, don't say I'm. A, don't you say I, I, I lie about everything to the oh, fucking the world, to the four people yeah, that listen to that fucking me, show. Fucking All right, Gary, I'm gonna be brutal, honest. I mean, you lie. Everybody lies because if everyone didn't lie, there'd be no friends in this world. Everybody doesn't lie almost every time they speak. Okay, right. Okay, well, it's brutal honesty with Gary. You think I'm the only one here that thinks this already? Uh, no, 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 Gary. You, you say it out loud like you're some know-it-all, like you're some know-it-all on that fucking show. Before you jump on me, first of all, just so you know, and I know you can be your brutal honesty when I'm done, when I, when I do that show, people come to me all day long to tell me things. So, in a way, like the, way the same way well, you... Well, tell me who they are. Be honest with me. Every single person here, every person on the TV crew, every person in the office. Oh, right? well, name names. Who's concerned about me lying? If wanted to be named, I guess they'd step up. But you know how that works around here, Artie. You know right. how that works. Okay. All right. So, that, that wrap-up show that Artie's referring to, 
really did in the early um, serious days. I was going to say XM, but it was serious when they started. Um, in the early serious days, that wrap up show would provide a lot of content because Gary and uh, you know John Hine eventually, and the other people involved with that show, were good at like finding the dirt around the office and bringing up things that would piss people off and then be brought up the next day um, with Howard. Mm. And the, the reason that worked um, is because there's so many people at the Stern show that aren't on air. Like I think, you know, like, um, uh, like Justin and Coleman have done producers shows with uh, for Kirk show, mm-hmm. but like they're on the show already. You know what I mean? Like there's 15 people working behind the scenes at Stern that uh, you don't hear from. So eventually it's like, Oh, Hey, you know, will talk shit about Artie and that wouldn't get brought up on the show. So that was, that there was a good purpose to that wrap up show, you know? Um, and the, the, the super tip fan roundtable stuff, like they did good early, um, Stern stuff that I do think inspired a lot of like YouTube content now, like all the, you know, there's shows breaking down shows like the KMS network is the first one that comes to my mind, but like, that's kind of what we do too on the blind Mike project is talk about other podcasts that again, I'm not going to say created because I'm sure someone will come up with an earlier example, but it is like the idea of breaking down that day's show. People are interested in that. And that's something Gary wasn't afraid of. Like he wasn't afraid. He he would bring stuff up on air that he knew would piss off Artie. And that is a tough thing. Like I'm a guy that like likes people to like me. So it's a Mm -hmm. tough thing to try and, get you like, Oh, I know this person's going to be mad at me. Should I mention this? And uh, I do think Gary had that skill, even though he knew Artie would go ballistic at certain points. And I think a lot of these arguments that Gary, that Artie's in while he's certainly the funnier one, it's clear how wrong he is. Like all Gary said there is that he lies about his drug use. That's right. just, it's, it's a fact. Yeah. When, when you're in <laughs> it, you true. can't, you can't tell the truth when you're in it. <laughs> right. Of course. I've always hated the friggin' Baba Booey mic too. <laughs> like just give him a oh. mic. Thank you for saying that. I meant to mention that. I don't know the answer to this. And if anyone knows where Stern explains it, I've never been able to find it. I don't know why that is, why it sounds like he's on a, you know, school enter, enter, uh, intercom. I almost said intercom. <laughs> school intercom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like where, where, you know what I mean? I guess maybe it's to create the idea that he's in a different room or that's just how those mics sounded in the separate room back in the day. And Stern liked the effect of it, and he kept it. Well, people ended up co- like purposely copying that model too. Yes, yeah, I remember that. I remember. Um, I'm pretty sure the Big Show with the uh, the great Glenn Ordway. I think his producers had that mic set up, and I get. I guess it was to differentiate, like, oh, these are the producers; they're in a different room. But I don't know why. I'd like to hear Stern explain that because I've never been able to uh, get a concrete reason as to why. Um. Next. <laughs> next, we have a. a- I guess you could call it um, Gary versus Howard again, where Howard puts out an accusation. Oh, yeah. So this is interesting. And then Stuttering John has thrown this out over the years, which none of our business, but I'm just playing this clip because I found it interesting. Now, what does bother me, I sent Craig these clips the other day, and then I saw John playing this clip. Did he really? He's like, oh, are we? Are me and stuttering John just doing the same show now? He's doing it. Why are you laughing now? I would love to watch <laughs> yeah, that. And he's early. He's before me. <laughs> Damn it! Yeah, this will be out in two weeks or a week. Yeah, yeah, right. But um, 
Yeah, so they're trying to piss each other off. They're saying, hey, can I say something that's going to bother, that I know is going to bother Robin or Fred or whoever. And Gary has some things written down that he thinks Howard might say to piss him off. And uh, this was not one of them. (laughs) The thing that I would say to you... (laughs) See, I don't even want to go there. I don't even want to bring it up. Because, A, it's going to upset you. B, it's going to cause a problem for you. Well, no, it's just that... Well, because he doesn't have Gary. All right, you want me to really go there? Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think you do. Come on. (laughs) He's a funny man. All right, Gary cheats on his wife. Oh, please. You don't know that. (laughs) I know. You always say that. I know you do. (laughs) You don't know that. I'm telling you, you do, and I'm wise to you, and I know it. But I don't want to bring it up. I I think a guy has a right to cheat on his wife and not be outed on the air. But you asked me to do something. It's a terrible thing to say. Okay. Terrible thing to say. All right. Whatever. Who's he cheating with? And I'm not even upset with you. Just like, a little horse. Oh, I'm, really? I'm not even mad <laughs> no at you. It's just a terrible there. thing to say. Okay. So you're not upset with me? You are. Now you're no, pissed. I think you I said, th- say something that would piss me off. I just did it. I think you're saying that to get a rise I'm out not of saying it to anything. I just know you do. Well, that would be the purpose, though, to piss you off, because that's what he said he was going to do. I know you're being dishonest. All right, I'm pissed. I'm pissed. <laughs> right, there that. you go. You asked me to do this. <laughs> now take it back. I take it back. <laughs> take it back. <laughs> that is such a bizarre response to say Gary cheats on his wife, and he doesn't say no. He goes, you don't know that. <laughs> right. Imagine, <laughs> bizarre reaction. And you know his wife heard about that probably already by the end of this clip. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I'm the wife hearing that, I'm like, why did you answer that way? That's very weird. But yeah, Howard would be uh, pretty ruthless at times, which is we like when people say, you know, um, uh, we just got a comment the other day on an old Howard episode that I read where it's like, hey, Howard and Kimmel, the reason they changed is they just grew up. And I'm like, it's it's different than that, though. It's not just getting mature and not making certain jokes anymore or whatever. It's a change in like mentality. Right. It's, I mean, the, the best possible reference is him being like Howard being friends with Rosie O'Donnell and Ellen and never acknowledging the things he said about them right. or, you know, say the idea that he said the N word on the air and just says, no, that was uh, Daniel Carver. It's like, he, he's phony about it. It's not just that he's like, Oh yeah, geez, I cringe when I hear that old stuff. I wish I didn't do it. It's that he kind of pretends he wasn't what he was, and he's embarrassed by it. You know. Yeah. If I if I admit that that was me, Jennifer Aniston won't share dinner with me anymore. Like that kind. Yeah, of- and and I remember like Jennifer Aniston's a great example because I remember saying like Jennifer Aniston looks like her cunt smells and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's like now now they're buddies in yeah. the Hamptons. You know. That's funny, but. Uh- yeah. Next, we have one of the most infamous uh, first pitches ever. <laughs> okay, so this is another. This has been. There's a lot of speculation about this, whether or not this was real as well. That's a shame uh, that that's what that show's become. <laughs> what was real and what wasn't. Now we have to wonder. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well we'll, well, we'll play a little and dissect it. Gary Delabate, we all know him as Baba Booey from the Howard Stern Show, delivered what has to be the most embarrassing ceremonial first pitch in baseball wow. history Saturday. <laughs> He had been taking, he had been talking for weeks on the Stern Show about doing this, and Saturday he finally got his shot. Here it is. Oh, God. <laughs> ah! 
<laughs> Why did you do this? Well, wow. first of all, there's a couple of things going on. I'll let you. It, do you know right away that that was the like 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 yeah, right yeah, yeah. after you okay, release? So when I'm, do you realize this is going horribly so, wrong? So so I'm standing on the side, and I've got like eight minutes before I have to go out there. I'm just getting more and more nervous, more and more right. nervous. I start to um, do that thing that I do. You Make know, your lips. No, dry heave. Oh, dry you know, heave. Start, that thing I do. I, when I get really nervous, I start to cough like I'm wow. going to throw up. Oh, gee, so, I didn't even know about that disgusting. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. I thought you meant licking your lips and teeth. No, no, no. I start, to, I start to get the dry heaves. Wow. So I'm doing it on the side, and the guy that's with me from the Mets is looking at me like I'm out of my fucking mind. Right. When I get so, so I've been given so much advice from so many different people. Some people say, just go out and throw it. Yeah, don't what pitch. What kind of advice are they no, giving No, people you? say just go out and throw it and, and don't pitch. And some people say go and pitch. And what that was was a bad combination of like of me saying I'll pitch and at the last minute go, no, I'll just throw it. You didn't think it was going to be this big. Then. No, no, I didn't think it was going to be this bad. <laughs> he have Mary, have Mary, the your son's been relocated yet? <laughs> yeah. so, in the witness protection program? <laughs> so, so we get home on Saturday and I'm really bummed out. Mary's like, God, like I've been putting up with this for two weeks. Is this going to go on now? Right. I, go, I go, Mary, it's all over the fucking news. Yeah. Here's now that this is one where if Gary on his own said as a producer said, Hey, it's a hell of a lot more content. If I fuck this pitch up, then I kind of give him credit for that in a way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if he throws, a strike or even just a reasonable pitch, then it never gets mentioned again. But there's, there's a a video. I took this from a shorter clip, but I think there's a video that's like four or five hours long of them talking about this pitch, like the, the lead up to it, like Gary being nervous to do it and excited to do it. And then the breakdown afterwards, excuse me. Um, So yeah, I don't know. Like, Like Craig said, it is kind of a shame that, now that's what the Stern show is now where you wonder like, Oh, was that fake? Um, this, I have a less of a problem with them than them, like setting up callers, but it is still weird if they're at, if like Howard is aware that it was fake and they're still busting his balls for it, you know? Yeah. So having watched it again, the, the throwing motion looked natural. It wasn't good, but okay. it looked like that was his natural throw. Like it didn't right. look like he was faking anything. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope not. I, I hope that that's real. Cause it is, like that's the most historic bad uh, first pitch of all time. Like that is in a category with Roseanne singing the national anthem. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's one of the elite of uh, baseball pregames. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next we have Gary's book. Oh yeah. So this is interesting. And I have some thoughts on this. So Gary wrote a book. Uh, they call me Baba Booey um, about, you know, his life, I guess, and mostly his time on the Stern show. And um, Howard, you know, throughout the years would get very upset on air about people promoting themselves and making money off the show. Uh, but there is a layer to it I wanted to talk about. So let's hear Howard here and then uh, break it down. And I got ticked off at Baba Booey and this book fucking promotion of his is really fucking pissing me off. Why? Because he's doing dumb shit. He's being a douche. What did what he, he do is. now? Well, he's just thinking of the book every minute and not thinking about his the primary job. There's a whole big article in Us Magazine now. Let me see if I brought it in. I probably forgot. I was so fucking angry. I just like, I just went like, like what? All the rules, everything I've taught this fucking guy go out the window because he's promoting a book. 
What, what's happened to you, man? You're you know, turning out to be a, you know, let me ask you. It's a disaster. You th- you're a guy who books guests. Yes. And you're in Us Magazine with a full page. I understand you want that for your book. But you're booking guests and then you're commenting on my guests and it's not necessarily flattering. No, no, I, Howard, the whole thing's a disaster. In fact, do you think Rob Burnett, who I happen to be friends with, who is the classiest fucking guy, you want to be in league with, listen, let's say I quit the business and you want a job being Gelman or Rob Burnett. When do you ever see those two guys in the press commenting on guests and how they do? Everything you're saying is right. I, I mean, know. This is all part of so What do I do? You're out of control. I, I'm you're, not. And then he did something else I don't even want to talk about. That he should have checked with me first time. It was an obvious call. And I don't know. And then it puts me in weird positions. So I don't know. I'm so, very bummed out about the book. So uh, how I will say Howard was also good at knowing, like, if he talks about this on air, that's actually good promotion for the book. Right. So I think there, there's, pro- there's definitely elements of it that probably pissed him off. But I think he also knows by talking about it, he is plugging Gary's book. So kind of doing him a favor by criticizing him in a way. Um, and that's an element of it, the Stern show. I think that's lost where now they don't talk about anything <laughs> controversial. Yeah. He's like, yeah, this uh, book is, uh, you know, ruffling some feathers. I, I'm so mad about it. Now everyone's like, well, what's in the book? Right. So, and, you know, now if that came out, if Howard was pissed off that Gary wrote a book, well, first of all, if it really bothered Howard, a book never would have been written. Correct. I don't think, you know, Gary, like I said, Gary's been there forever. I don't think he writes a book if he knows it truly uh, infuriates Howard. But also, and I'm sure it pro- Howard's vain enough that it probably does bother him. And not even vain, there's an element of Gary's writing this book because, like, the reason that Gary gets a book deal is Howard. You know what I mean? So I think Howard looks at that and is like, well, I'm not getting paid anything for this. You know, how does it benefit me? And Howard probably, he probably read it before it went out. I'd have to imagine. Well, that kind of leads me into something, an element of that where he's, he's referencing like Gelman, like Regis and Kelly and stuff like that. And saying like, Hey, if you want to be like one of those guys. So this is kind of the start of Howard becoming Hollywood. Mm hmm you know, becoming the things he pretended to hate for many years where he's like, Hey, you want a real job in show business kid. You want to do things how the today show does it in good morning America. <laughs> and you know, 15 years ago on the Stern show, the answer would have been, no, of course not. Why would I want to be like that? Right. But, um, but yeah, like it is, it, it's promotion in a way. And like you see with Stern now, when something comes up that he doesn't want to talk about, it doesn't exist. It gets scrubbed from the podcast. If it makes it on air, like mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. So how mad Howard actually was at that stuff? I've always been curious because there's definitely an element that pissed him off. And, uh, but, but he does know like talking about, you know, stuttering John's comedy shows or Jackie's self-promotion or whatever. um, He knows that that is promotion. Now the one that seemed like the best at navigating that I always thought was Artie. Like Artie went above and beyond to not piss off Howard with that stuff. I felt, um, which is interesting because Artie had the most going on, right? Like Artie's the one guy that's come out of that. Well, not the one guy. Billy West was very successful. Um, Yucko the clown, I think, has had a pretty good career. And actually, <laughs> yeah. Beetlejuice is a TikTok star. So yeah, he's had <laughs> he's had a resurgence lately. Yeah, um, but Artie's the guy that had like you know acting roles during the Stern show. He made a movie like he had other stand-up, obviously he actually had other things going on. And yet I still thought was the best at navigating what would and wouldn't piss off Howard, you know? 
I still think beer. I'm not taking advantage of that stuff. I guess. Still think Beer League is one of the most underrated movies ever. Artie Lang. Let's go check out Beer League. Yeah. Uh, Next we have Marcy Turk. So this is uh, now this is the real downfall, and there's a uh, an embarrassing story that goes along with it. I actually I don't think it's as embarrassing as other people make it out to be. Um, But this is uh, the the start of getting things done. The cult that Howard joined, led by Marcy Turk. And this woman, she turned my life around. In one day. Well, yeah, like like for over a year, I've been having to make a doctor's appointment, you know, get my yearly physical. And I haven't, she goes, why don't you do it right now? I go, well, I can't do it now. I'll do it later. No, no, do it now. Do it now. Boom. And you yeah, know what I, I know did? that one. When I wrote an email. Something, just do it. Yeah, just do it. And now I have my doctor's appointment. I won't go, but I have it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to get it. Just do it. Yeah. So, so she told you what to do, and I get that. So what do you do in a month when she's not there to say just do it? No, I have a system now. I don't need just her to do, do it. it. I do it. I'm doing it. By the way, Gary, I might have her making a little visit to your office <laughs> to look over what's going on in there with your fucking post-its. Yeah, the pocket yeah, uh, yeah. folder is not a good one. Wait till you see what's going to go on around here. <laughs> what? I'm loving the idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he was loving the idea. So it started with, like, office organization, where Marcy changed how Howard was organized and everything. And you can hear in his voice how he's very, uh, you know, he's very excited about and uh, that became, he trusted this woman enough. Uh, you know, the most famous clip is Howard literally on stage thanking Marcy Turk for changing his life. Um, and this became a woman that kind of runs Stern's operation. And the famous story that I've heard, like, Shuley and other people tell is that, um, you know, Howard was in a, in a meeting one day and introducing, I forget if Marcy was there, but at least introducing the idea of Marcy. And said, she is now your boss. She runs my organization. And Gary raised his hand and said, does does that include me? And Howard said, yes, in front of everybody. And so that's a moment that like, and people will shit on Gary for that. They're like, oh, what an idiot. He asked that in front of everybody. But I look at it more as like, Gary's been there for 30 years, 35 years, whatever it was at the time. And they're just bringing in someone to replace him. So she can organize things and tell people to wear a colored shirt. Like that seems very bizarre. So I, I'm not surprised that Gary was confident enough in that meeting to be like, does that include me? And it seems more shitty on Howard to be like, yes. Yeah. Like I would think after, you know, their relationship after the amount of time that Gary's been there, that's something Howard would have told Gary off, air, uh, not off air, but um ahead of time uh, pers- per- personally, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, But but he got the news the same as Shuli and everybody else. <laughs> uh, next, we have Artie and Gary in the uh, radio show. Oh, yeah. So I thought that this is an interesting fact. Uh, you know, Stern fans know this, um, but I thought it was uh, pretty interesting. This is the, they're they're uh, talking about, you know, the move to Sirius XM or uh, Sirius at the time, leaving terrestrial radio. And, uh, you know, Howard talks about David Lee Roth replacing him and what a disaster that eventually was and uh Artie and gary reveal some interesting tidbits here you know what as long as we're all about revelations i've never told you this because i don't want to, i don't want to get somebody in trouble but i'll tell you i'll tell you something Ooh. uh yeah this is this is uh, this is something that i never told you and i feel guilty about not telling you this, well, this is good. um 
I was called to possibly replace you. Where? As a morning guy. <laughs> Wait, when? You mean on this show? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding? Well, I, In Philadelphia. Really? Yeah. Mm. How weird was that? Uh, it was, it was, my manager called me one day and, and, and said, he said, Hart, uh, they called and th there was no formal offer, but they said, would Artie be interested possibly in being the new morning guy in a couple of major markets? Wow. Really? Wow. And, wow. That is the sleaziest friggin' move I've ever heard. Well, and I did, wow. I, I, you know, I, I said to him, I said, I'm not even going to think twice about that. God. I said, immediately, we, I, mean, I said immediately. Immediately How no? shocking is that? How sleazy that is that? That is shocking. But, oh, uh, you mean wow. this is recent? Yeah, sure. This was over the summer. That would have been just <laughs> this was in July. Unbelievable. Me, Unbelievable. What if that have been interesting? Oh, well, I can right. tell you one more. Yeah. Uh, you well, got approached too? Informally. Yeah. But was just asked about the possibility, like just by, by somebody in programming, about um, myself and Artie. Being the nucleus of a show in you know one of the top five unbelievable. cities, unbelievable. One of the top wow. five cities, unbelievable. And I, you th want I to know said, something? You know not even you couldn't even afford. <laughs> oh, they both kind of talk about it like it's a ridiculous idea. Here's the flaw in it that I would say is people would be listening if Artie replaced Stern and Bob Bowie was the producer. Mm -hmm. It would feel like you were just listening to an incomplete Howard Stern show, right? You know, and so people would be expecting. Howard Stern, and therefore they'd be expecting, you know, high pitch Eric and Beetlejuice and Fred to get goofed on and all this stuff. And so you're expecting something different than it is. And that would be the ultimate problem with it. But like Artie was a good radio guy. And when you, if you go back and listen to like the direct TV show Artie was on, or even like his podcast, yeah. when he was, you know, the lead, um, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? When he was when he, when he was clear of mind. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sober. He, he he was he was a very good radio guy. I mean, not that this matters, but like he went to the Connecticut School of Broadcasting, so he must have had some interest in radio, you know. And like he was a good host, and like him and DePaulo did a good show together, and then eventually Artie on his own, and like I said, his podcast. Um, now obviously, uh, drugs took the the. <laughs> the the put the nail in the coffin on Artie's podcasting career and everything. But like I don't think that's a ridiculous hire to have Artie and then have Gary there to kind of um know how to navigate Ari and know how to book guests and all that sort of stuff. But uh I don't think that's ridiculous. I just don't know that it would have worked if you're literally replacing Howard with Artie because then it just feels like a minor league Howard Stern show, you know? Yeah. I'm also stunned that Howard didn't get pissed at them for not telling him. Yeah. there, You know, but that, that again goes to, oh, and maybe they did off it. Don't say it. Don't say what? it. What? What's that? It's going to go to the, is this fake? <laughs> oh no, no, I don't okay. think it's fake. I think, I think more actually, I think that speaks to Howard trusts Artie and Gary. Yeah, I okay. think if you know Ben, if Benji or Sal Governale walks in and says, "Yeah, you know, I never told you this, but I think Howard would have gone ballistic." <laughs> right, right. But I think Howard trusts those guys, maybe, and probably, uh, and probably because they could have actually done it and it would have worked to a point. So the fact that they that, didn't—that's the thing—is I think I think Howard did always know, and he would say things like this: that Artie was the one guy that could have done something on his own. And been successful, you know? Right. Um, whereas, like, Jackie, I don't know if he had that same belief. Like, if you go back, and we'll do it eventually, 
where when he talks about Jackie leaving, the way he talks about that is like, well, where else are you going to get paid like this? You know, go ahead. Right, right. With Artie, he never he never spoke about him like that. Maybe they just had a different bond, um, or he liked Artie more or whatever. But like, he did not talk that way about Artie, and I think that's probably because he knew um, that Artie could go out and do that on his own. Yeah, and he like like you said earlier, he did. He was doing weekends everywhere. He's doing movies. Like the proof was there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a shame. Like if you go back and listen to the most recent version of Artie's podcast or the thing he put out, like when Norm died, what's sad about it is like you hear Artie's life is gone as well in that where it's like, he's not the same. He doesn't have the same juice in his voice that he had. Um, well, cause it sounds know, like he's holding his nose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess in a way I'm glad that he's not back in comedy or podcasting because it might just be sad though. It might be like fucking Jake LaMotta at this point. He's know? not even doing sets in New York. No, no one knows where he is. I think he's in Florida. No shit. I've heard him come up on a few different podcasts where, and it's like, um, you know, like, like if Artie's name comes up, someone like Mark Norman will be like, Oh, remember him? <laughs> <laughs> like whatever happened to him? Yeah. And there, the discussion is always like, yeah, I think he's, He's either in Florida, maybe his mom lives in Florida, or he's living at his mom's house, um, something. But he's under someone's care, which is kind of wild that his mom's still alive. Artie's got to be close to 60 at this point. Yeah, and <laughs> he's he's just got to outlive her. That's all you got to do as a kid. I, yeah, but I don't know if he... If he's being taken care of, I don't know if that'll be uh, good for Artie. But anyways, this is not the Artie episode. Who knows? <laughs> the point is... I think the Artie and Gary combo could have been interesting. I just don't know if it would have worked replacing Stern. Although it really would have fucked Stern over. <laughs> yeah. Artie Stern would have been, you know, all, all, all the nice things I just said he was saying about Artie. Mm-hmm. That would have been gone. Oh yeah. Because then all those people that went to Sirius, a large percentage of them are just saying, well, I'm, I'm just not going to pay. I'm going to listen to Artie and Baba Booey. Right. Artie is only 56 years old. That's about what I thought he was. He looks way older than that. That's tough. Well, sure. Um, We have our last clip here. Oh, uh, wow. That flew by. This is um, the great Sour Shoes. Is that right? That's right. I figured go out on a high note. Like I said, I'm certain I missed stuff. And please let me know in the comments what I missed uh, or clips that maybe we could do a Baba Booey part two or something. Clips you guys liked. Um, that we didn't get to in this one. I'm sure there's a ton over the last few decades, but uh, this is, um, I think it's like one of the best impressions I've ever heard. <laughs> like get now Gary's not a famous enough guy. Like there are people that do uh, as good a, a Nicholson or a, you know, George Bush or whatever, but like, this is such a spot on impression. Sour shoes. If you guys don't know is a, a caller that lived in his mom's basement that would just call Stern and like play wacky noises. And he would do like Mike and the mad dog impressions spot on. He did a great Artie. He did a bunch of people. And uh, I think the Gary might've been his best impression. Listen to this. I uh, hear sour shoes calling in as Baba Bowie talking about the death of George Michael. Hello. Hello. Wow. George Michael. What are you saying? Well, first of all, I think we met George early on in 1985. I think right after, <laughs> right after New Year's, uh, he and Andrew Ridgely, 
of Wham were at WNBC. You know, they had just come off their huge successful hit, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, which spent, I think, nine <laughs> weeks in the top nine. So they were there at NBC, and it was my job back then to go out and wrangle up whoever I could to come into our studio. You know, we'd be lucky. We got the spinners that way. We got Alan Alda, Billy Joel. And they were promoting Careless Whisper, so we promised we Howard promised he'd play that song. And it was real organic and the interview went well. You could tell George really totally got the shout. <laughs> I'm never gonna bounce again on my trampoline, no rhythm. No, it's easy to pretend you know I'm not a fool. I gotta say I laughed hard when I heard that. <laughs> it's crazy. The the inflection, yep. the cadence. The way, like, even just the way he lists off certain names is the same as Gary does it. The cough. And he, he didn't do it. He didn't do it in this clip, but there's one where he's, he just says little throwaway phrases like, yeah, I was talking to the guys in the back about this. Like, just little things <laughs> that you wouldn't even notice Gary says. <laughs> it's, I think, such a great impression. Sour Shoes is, like, crazy talented. But, uh, yeah, that completes our coverage of the great Baba Booey, at least for now. Like I said, any suggestions, uh, feel free to let me know and, uh, let me know any, we'll, we'll do other stern characters and stuff like that, but let me know any ideas you have like this, like stern and Opie and Anthony, I probably have covered like my knowledge of them is enough that I'll know, you know, we'll get to, um, like I said, Jackie and Robin and probably Fred and people like that eventually. But uh, if you have any other like obscure radio stuff, like some people uh, mention um, Phil Hendry to me and guys like that. So uh, feel free to suggest anyone that uh, you find interesting. Maybe we'll get to them in the future. And uh, you can go support the Craigster at verygoodshow.org. Um, I hear Rubbed Out is back. Yep. New episode out. Tynesha Sisis. Uh, wild story. Wow. Wow. Gross. It's gross. Verygoodshow.org. Go support, please. Thank you. Yes. A true crime show. So yes. go uh, check that out. You have a YouTube channel now? Is that what I saw? Uh, it's always been there, but I <clears throat> I just put that one out to see how it does. And I forgot to pr- even promote it when it was premiering. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, go support uh, the Craigster. Craigers, as he's known in the playgrounds. And uh, go to blindmike.net if you'd be so kind. Support this show. Uh, all our links are there, as I mentioned. Become a member if you'd like. Get bonus episodes and uh, early releases. Uh, or support us wherever you get podcasts. We appreciate it. Blindmike.net. And uh, we will talk to you guys next time on Why Are You Laughing? And a Baba Booey to y'all. Zip it up and zip it out. Here we go.